Hey, pal, that's my headshot up there next to the pepper steak, and don't you forget it. You're all talk, Hamill. You never even finished Jedi school. <laughs> Show's over, man. Give me that knife. Oh, it's mine. Homer, use the fork. The fork? The forks. Use the forks. Yes! Nobody messes with the mayor when Homer Simpson's on. Oh, crap. Oh, fat Tony. What? What did I do? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review Mad to the Bob. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How's your week been? I haven't spoken to you for what seems like forever, but I guess it was trivia night. I was going to say, seems like forever, it's probably been five days. Yeah, but it's just, well, we usually sort of banter in between the week during talking footy or whatnot. I guess footy season's over, but see, the thing is, mm. I had to edit the podcast on the weekend, so you sort of messaged me today and went, were you recording this week? And I was like, oh yeah, because the, the podcast podcast was late, I just forgot to do another one. Yeah, well, that can happen. Um, I Yeah, well, I've, I've been good. The week's been relatively solid. Um, well, the mother-in-law's in town. Uh, she Trace got in Monday night, which was kind of why I hadn't pressed to record earlier in the week for that same reason. I was like, uh, yeah, probably she was going to be sort of getting home at 7.30. So I was like, it's not, not an ideal way to greet someone at the house, to just be locked away talking to a microphone for a little bit. Well, I, I, know, uh, when, I know when you've got something to do, when you don't message me in the morning, I'm saying, are we recording tonight? That's what I know you've, yeah. got, you've got shit on. <laughs> yeah, I've got stuff on and I don't want to be the guy that requests to, you know, hide from it. Yeah, <laughs> like or hide from recording. So I'll, I'll just hide without requesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, if Dando doesn't say anything, then that's a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually really looking forward to reviewing this one. I've had nothing but good thoughts, and it was it was really really fun. It wasn't the best one of the season, but it was really fun. I thought it was really good as well. As much as it's that trope of Homer has a new job this week, uh, I think it's one of the better examples of it. Um, and maybe that's largely because of the supporting characters and the fact that we get Fat Tony and, and a few other people in there that we haven't seen for a while and it's just always nice and fun when Joe Montaigne stops by. Well, it's not just him getting a gig, a new gig to suit the guest star. Like he, uh, in when you dish upon a star, he gets a new gig with the celebrities. Then he gets mm. in the um, Doan in the Wind, he gets a new gig with the hippies because they've got a yeah. guest star on the show. Here... A, he got a gig with people, like characters that we love from the show, common characters, but also it's a gig that you can believe him being good at. Like it suits his personality and his... What? Oh, sorry. I've just lent on a lent on a remote control and turned oh, something on. I was like, what? I was like, is that someone at my back window? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hope that came through the mic because that's staying in. <laughs> what were you watching, by the way? I'm glad it wasn't porn. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I, I must have left my PlayStation in like a sleeping state. Um, so, with like with the PlayStation 4, you can put it to sleep and it just freezes the game wherever it was that you were last playing it. Uh, I think it was, yeah, yeah. I bumped the power control and that was, um, that sounded a lot like someone in a baseball game yelling me to throw to the relay. I thought, <laughs> so you, were, like, I thought you were being hijacked. 
<laughs> we gotta go. Um, anyway, as anyway. I was saying, yeah, it's a, it's a gig that you can believe Homer doing because it suits him. It suits his personality mm. as well as his physical characteristics as well. Yeah, it does. Um, although there is still that little element of Homer Simpson is Superman that creeps in here, like leaping across the room and being able to eat potatoes off of a fork without touching anything else. And even that bit, I might have been able to believe, but it's more the way he comes down afterwards and does the handstand and, you know, springs up like he's fucking Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible. Yeah, I, I guess it suits the episode. I I, I I was willing to sort of just gloss over that. I didn't really care. I, I thought as long, as, long yeah. as it suited the story, it didn't, it doesn't, it's not out of the realm of possibility as much as it seems silly. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's not like it takes me out of it. But it is. Um, it, it was more just that thing that I. It's it's one of those examples of oh well, how far have we come from Homer truly being an everyman to now Homer is unattainable. What I thought was interesting was that they finally got you know for the first time a key member of the Star Wars cast, you know, fucking Mark Hamill, and mm. they managed to really not play up the Star Wars aspect. Like I know he was dressed as Luke, but it wasn't not a very- play it up. <laughs> But it was it wasn't a Star Warsy episode, if you know what I mean. Uh like okay, so as in it didn't. Um, like he was Luke Skywalker, but it wasn't a Star Wars based story. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't need to have even seen the movie to be able to pick up on the references that they had in there. Yeah, if that makes sense. There was one really nice subtle Star Wars reference I thought where they um, when Homer runs onto the spaceship, felt very similar to running onto the Millennium Falcon and, like, Han firing those last few shots back at um, whoever it was that's the chasing them onto the Millennium Storm Falcon. Stormtroopers, yeah, yeah. Stormtroopers, yeah, yeah, just as the as the doors sort of raising. That is that, a pretty funny gag. How was I supposed to know it wasn't a real spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, it was just a nice, subtle touch where it wasn't on the nose. Uh, it was just, just a thing that's there for people that have seen it. The opening act I thought was really fun, particularly if you're a sci-fi fan. And what what it sort of what it did was it sort of dated the episode in the sense that it's obvious that you know when you're watching this, this came out when conventions were still for losers. Yeah, has that changed? Yeah, like I mean, so, uh, San Diego Comic Con's now one of the biggest things in the world. Like they do movie premiere trailers and stuff like that. Like it's it's no longer nerds aren't losers anymore. If you know what I mean. I think people the, the big companies like Sony and you know. Now, all the major movie um, distributors have realized the money you can make from this thing. Like, it's not just for, yeah. for dorks wearing oh, fucking... Yeah. Okay, so public perception has changed. I'll grant yeah. you that. But I think it's it's still largely the same personnel that are visiting these places. But what are the, that, but I feel like now more people who were maybe afraid to admit that they liked things like Star Wars aren't afraid anymore. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, there's every chance that that's true. I think the, the Marvel films really broke down the barrier of it's okay to like superheroes. Um, yeah, yeah, that would have definitely been a big element of it. Um, not so much the MCU, but I, I think the groundwork there was probably mostly laid by X-Men and Spider-Man and prior to the current Marvel run. But even yeah. the, if, if, and like the original Batman films, I guess they, they were pretty dark though. They weren't, they, they still, they were blockbuster not films, in the same but they way. weren't like, not in the same level. Nah, you're right. No, the, Batman wasn't appeal to the geek fraternity. Nah. And um, then you got the other and, two, and, and it's people, just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you know Mark Hamill also voiced the bodyguard instructor in this? Oh, did he really? Yeah, and that was the only well, way he agreed to do the show was if they'd let him voice another character. And he enjoyed okay. voicing that character more than being himself. I mean, because he is a fucking really good voice actor. Phenomenal voice actor, yeah. Um, so Argu- that, Arguably that the best sense. Joker. <laughs> 
Um, he's right up the top there, uh, top of the lists. When you see those, like when you see who's portrayed the Joker, and they include all mediums, yeah, he he comes right up there. Yeah, he um, um he voiced him in the uh, the animated series, right? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. and in the Arkham games, yeah. Um, and yeah, like, and he is brilliant. Um, it, it's one of those things that, and not only is he really good, he's actually got a few different takes on it. Like he. In the animated series, the Joker is not quite super dark, whereas in the Arkham games, he's truly violent mm. and like purely evil. So, like, I'd played the games before I'd what or before I had seen the animated series, and was actually surprised by how tame the Joker was by comparison to the way he is in the games. Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I reckon he also played him in uh, the movie version of the Killing Joke that they did. Was it last year or the year before? Okay, I reckon he, I reckon he was in that. Check uh, it out. Look, look it up. Good. I know you also voiced one of the um. I think it was the scientist, the Skeksy, in the latest Dark Crystal series on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was fantastic yep. in there as well. But um, what, yeah, what cool. do you think? How do you think they handled Mark in this? I thought he wasn't overdone. I thought everything he did was done really well in the sense that he didn't. He, he stole the limelight, but he didn't steal the show. Like it was still about the Simpsons with Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, I thought that that was done really, really well. And um, it also wasn't there just to play service to Mark Hamill. Like, there's, you know, they make fun of him, the fact that he's just got shitty theatre dinner, uh, or sorry, um, theatre restaurant style roles, and that they're just getting him to come in for the Star Wars factor. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing of you'll only ever be Luke Skywalker in the, people's, in the public's eyes. It made me sort of think, it's a shame... Like for, for me, anyway, it's a shame that they weren't able to get the original Star Wars cast on an episode of The Simpsons. I thought that it, like back in, say, you know, mid to late 90s, if they were able to get Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, I mean, doesn't have to get Peter Mayhew or anything, but like get those guys, even James L. Jones, on the show together, I thought the parody they could have put together for maybe a Treehouse of Horror would have been fantastic. It would have been cool, but... I, Harrison Ford doesn't strike me as the sort of guy that would have gone in for that. I don't think so either, um, but it's a shame they couldn't somehow, you know, m- money talks, but I, I guess the Simpsons didn't have money. <laughs> couldn't somehow contractually oblige him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it would, I, I would have been really interested to see what the golden era Simpsons could have done with, with the Trias of Horror. I think Trias of Horror is the way you would have had to have gone with it. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. It depends. Like, if you, if you wanted to do some sort of Family Guy Blue Harvest style thing, then Treehouse of Horror, but... Um, I, I I could have yeah I don't know it depends on how Star Warsy you want to make it. If you, I feel like if you're going to get those like three or four on, you just got to ham it up. You got to take full advantage of it, make it as Star Warsy as possible because that's that's why they're there, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose, but we're just praising the fact that they've got Hamill on there and didn't make it as Star Warsy as possible. Yeah, so. but I mean, if if you got the whole lot of them on, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could yeah, take a different angle. It would Maybe have been, you can get them all on yeah. there and just. But would that create outrage, though? Do you think if you got the whole lot on there and didn't play it up, you get Star Wars fans bitching online? But yeah, but what, yeah, well, who cares? What a shock! What a shock that would be to the internet that Star Wars fans were complaining about something. Yeah, no, right. Um, can we also give compliments to Homer in his suit? Does look very sharp in the suit. Yes. Yeah, with the glasses and the little earpiece. The earpiece is what makes it for me. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to have one of those earpieces at some point in my life. <laughs> Just pretend you're talking to somebody. Yeah. Because um, you, you know, you, you you look very important when you got one of those. Like, you look like you're running the show. 
You walk into yeah. a room and you got one of those and you pretend like you're talking into it. You're running you the are room. Running. Well, that's the thing. You are. Actually, that's like a fantasy of mine. I would love to one day see the Secret Service just clean house. Like, clean house? As in kill people? Yeah. No, 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 not kill people, but just do that thing of like come in and commandeer shit. So it's just an everyday office that's going about their business and the president's been shot at from outside and they just need a ground zero and they come in and it's just suddenly, you, move, we need that desk, get out of here, give me your computer and just like, just dominate the situation. That's everyone what I starts, see. Everyone starts walking out, you're there going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I've always wanted to see this. Yeah, except they wouldn't let you walk out and just be in the corner now. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. like anyone that tried to, and I want to see someone just get crash t- tackled by three or four of them. <laughs> No one does, so you just play up so you can get tackled. Uh, no, I don't want to be hurt. <laughs> that That's not part of my fantasy. What was your uh, favorite moment from the episode? You know what? It's really, really subtle. Um, but it, it comes just after Mayor Quimby say that the mayor's office is not for sale and everyone laughs. Yeah, it's good, isn't and it? It's, it's when he turns to the cameraman and says, can you edit out the laughter? And the cameraman, just the little shake of the head. It's just <laughs> this, I think it's a three shake back and forth. It's yeah. just... I love that moment. It's so so fantastic. <laughs> I love uh, the quote. Where's Maggie? Forget Maggie. She's gone. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, it's terrible. But it's just the delivery on that was so great. Forget yeah. Maggie. She's gone. <laughs> oh man, so good. Next question. You there eating the paste? I'll kickstart. What was the mayor's order at the theater dinner restaurant? Um, and I need it, specifics. Our gratin potatoes. Yes. Yes. That's a quality side. A quality side. <laughs> I knew it was quality side. And oh, uh, and steak. I mean, steak. Easy yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, so I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. But that that was the thing he d- discussed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my first question is: What is the name of the mobsters or Fat Tony's milk? Uh oh. Um. Is it like local animal milk or something like that? It's, uh, uh, it's Squ- Squeaky Farms uh, Genuine Animal Milk. Genuine Animal Milk. Genuine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're not wrong. They haven't lied. No. Yeah. Um, oh, they did. Because, you know, they, they told it was nothing less than dog. Yeah, that's true. Um, hey, wh- hey, like this is an idea that's just come to me. Oh, oh hey, um, what, what was the previous musical... Uh, or there were two that were mentioned, although I'm not sure if one of them is a real musical. But what did Homer think he had seen the wise guy in? I have no idea. Oh, uh, no, I can't remember. It was either Rent or Stomp. Oh, yeah, Stomp is a real musical. Just double check that. So either Rent or Stomp, as okay. he's trying to sort of go through the playbill, trying to figure out where he's seen him in the past. I thought that was pretty funny as well. Yep, yep, yep. Now, who was the celebrity name on Homer's watermelon that he ate at the bodyguard camp? Uh, it was Anna somebody. Nah, she's a boring no. old biddy. Boring old biddy. Flanders, when he drinks. And Landers? And Landers, correct. Gotcha. Um, uh, my final question. What colour hair was the broad? Oh, was she brunette? She was a redhead. Redhead. Oh, that is so yep. fantastic. As sexist as it is, I could not have been happy of how that went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the fact that the, the joke is how sexist it is, so I don't feel like it's a sexist joke, if that makes sense. Well done, Simpson. I could not have been happy of how that went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my final question is, 
What was on Uta's shirt as they were walking past Lisa? Oh, um, Futurama. How cool is that? Yeah, that was a nice little little sideways plug, which yeah. I, I mean, I didn't remember. Um, there's obviously quite a few Simpsons references in Futurama, like little background details and that sort of thing. It was cool to see one go the other way. I think this is the first one. I don't think Bender's been in the show yet. I know Bender's in the no. show at some point. But um, the thing is, this was a year before Futurama aired. Oh, was it really? Yeah. So, they were just working on the show and obviously they hadn't worked out the logo yet because it was just a round blue circle with the word Futurama written across it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, Kind of like a Pixar plug. (laughs) It is a little bit. Yeah. Like just having a a hidden hidden fish just off in the side. Um, Well, good. Good trivia. Yes. Good trivia. Good podcasting. (laughs) From this day forward, your names will be... So, Nick Barbaro with Biomon Sci-Fi Contennial Man. <laughs> it's okay. I did love that play on convention names, how they're just absurd, some of them. Yeah, I also... I mean, we'll... No, we'll get to it. We'll get into when, that, yeah. When we go through, yeah. Um, keep Watching the Skies Walker comes from Jordan Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Mott with Rata Patui. <laughs> Oh, Mark Boss- Mark Burgess with Guy Fawkes and Dolls. Um, play on Guy Fawkes. Uh, yep. um, remember, remember the 5th of November, that Guy Fawkes. What do we got? Tyson Hesse with Homer, be a Jedi tonight. Yeah, that works. That'll work. Uh, mine um, this week was simply The Body Lard. The Body Lard. That's actually... Yeah, you know what? You're, you're doing well. You're on, you're on a roll at the moment. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you're enjoying Yes. Uh, so, thank you to the patients for the new names. Uh, if you want to be a part of that segment and be a part of the upcoming segment as well, we're just going to be a $2 plus patron. Patreon.com slash discount get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts as well. But now, Mitch, our favorite part of the show. It's the patron mailbag time. And week. Favorite part of my week is the patron mailbag. Your favorite part of the week? Yeah. Is your life that dull now? No, it's just... It's just it's, fun, it's, isn't it? <laughs> It's the interesting time. Yeah, um, something different. You know, hypotheticals, dilemmas, Yeah, bits where I feel like I get to impart some knowledge on everybody. Also, before we get into today's Patreon mailbag, got a few shout-outs to get out of the way. Thank you so much to our new beloved $5 plus patrons. We have Sirhan Salibi, David Mott, thank you so much, Luke Hall, Riley O'Neill, Greg Delaney, and David Harrington. Now, actually, David Harrington isn't just a $5 plus patron. He's one of our new $20 plus patrons. So thank you so much. Also, thank you to our other $20 patron, Mr. Jordan Ritchie. Also, shout outs to Gabriel Villarreal and Declan Phoenix. So much, guys, for your support on Patreon. As we say each and every week, if you want to be a part of the Patreon mailbag and be a part of the Patreon group on Facebook and get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like the Future Honor Podcast, the Upcoming Friends Podcast, I'm going to be doing and so much more. Movie guys, just going to be a $2 plus patron on patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Alrighty, Mitch. First question from the patron mailbag. We have from Tyson Neville Heese. Would you consider ever going to see Guys and Dolls on stage after watching this episode? Uh, I would after discovering that the Guys and Dolls song is not actually in the show. So I, I know. Went years. I went years. Obviously, I'd, I'd never paid attention to Mark Hamill's line when I was younger. And I genuinely thought that that was just how Guys and Dolls was. Whenever I see a poster for Guys and Dolls, this is the only way I identify it. Do you mean um, to go, Guys and Dolls? Yeah. And there's also the fact that in Seinfeld, they refer to it as a lavish Broadway musical. So, I, it kind of fit that that must be how the how the songs work. Yeah. Um, how, they should seriously try and incorporate this song into it though, right? Oh, 
totally. Uh, but it wouldn't work. But <laughs> no, I was going to say, having not seen it, um, I don't know how badly it would fuck up the rest of the show. But I imagine a lot. Well, here's one. We're going to save this one to the end. I'm going to give you a bit of preparation. All right, Nick Barbaro wrote in, and he says, "I beg for Mitch to do a rendition of Whitney Houston's classic." I did read that. That's not happening. Okay. Um, <laughs> Whitney's Whitney is like I don't know that there's a lot that is in my register, but I can certainly guarantee that Whitney Houston is not there. <laughs> I could maybe do. I'll tell you what, Nick Barbaro. If you want to see someone do a, a a rendition of that, jump onto the YouTube and look up. This is a you know Australian reference, but look up Mike Whitney singing Whitney Houston. I will always love you, and that will that will satiate your appetite. Wait, that exists. Yeah. It was Mike a, Whitney. A, Mike Whitney doing Whitney Houston. It was a part of um, a running gag on The Late Show where at the end of the show they would get a celebrity to sing a song where there was some sort of connection in their name. So, um, like the be- Mike Whitney's is very, very good. They also had Pete Smith doing Aerosmith, Dude Looks Like a Lady. Um, Pete Smith being the voiceover guy. Uh, yeah. it's, it's tremendous. Um, That's on YouTube, yeah? Yeah. I'll be checking that out as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> Enjoy. I'm it's, awful for um, Mike Whitney. I uh, me too. Uh, he, like, if there's a classic guy that everyone in Australia knows and no one anywhere else in the world would be aware of, it's Mike Whitney. And no one dislikes him. <laughs> no, no. Very lovable guy. Oh, awesome. And, uh, you, you wouldn't believe how many people don't realise he was actually a cricketer. He's not just a who dares win guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Or the and gladiator guy. <laughs> yeah. Vulcan Alrighty uh, Beth Higgins says What is your favourite musical If you have one at all I think movie wise Movie like adaptations Is uh, Mm -hmm. Rocky Horror Picture Show Oh okay Yeah Not bad Um, Big fan Okay so if I was to go Let's split this up a little bit Favourite animated musical Would be See the Aladdin or Lion King for me yeah, I'm just torn between the two. I'm going to go Aladdin, Aladdin just because it has more musical numbers. I think I like favorite, Aladdin more. Yeah. Yeah, favorite f- uh, film musical is Chicago. Um, I've only ever watched like the first 15 minutes of that and the, f- the oh, 15 really? minutes that I have seen is great, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's excellent. I'd highly, highly recommend it. Um, every single cast member is top of their game. It's filmed. It, it It's... I mean, one of the biggest issues when you try to do a movie version of a stage show is trying to convert a box world into, like, cinema land. Um, and sometimes it just feels like you're watching what should be a play. But this Chicago does it brilliantly of making it feel like a movie. Okay. Um, and favourite stage musical that I've seen is absolutely Hamilton. Um, that's my favourite soundtrack to any musical. And, uh, it, yeah, it's... It's phenomenal. It's so so good. Uh, but I'm Book not the first of, person. Book of Mormon's to... also very great. Yeah, love Book of Mormon. Very funny. Um, love Matilda. It's very sweet. And um, I I look. I haven't. It, it didn't do very well critically, but I have a soft spot for Finding Neverland because Kelsey Grammer was in it. Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I got to see Kelsey Grammer on stage. That's right. You did awesome. too. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, Nick Barbara has another question. He says. If you could have someone living or dead as your bodyguard, who would it be? And vice versa, who would you want to protect? Well, who would I want to protect? Paul Rudd, because I don't imagine anyone's going to take a shot at him. Well, see, I, um, I, I thought Paul Rudd as well. I thought, but we used him for a response in a recent podcast. So, 
But he's like, oh, he, like he's to... like the Mike Whitney of the world. <laughs> Paul Rudd might become a running gag for me where I just try to use him as an answer for everything. He becomes week. your Mac and me. <laughs> yeah. Um, who would I want to be my bodyguard? Clint Eastwood. Prime of his life. I'm thinking Bruce Lee. Mm. Fly. Because like he's not what, he's not what huge about... in stature, but he could fuck anybody up. And I, Dave... and I feel and I feel like he could take a bullet. David Copperfield, so he could just like catch a bullet in his teeth. <laughs> Make it disappear. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh it, it, living though, so Copperfield for you. I think if would you want him yeah, po- Co- you Copperfield Copperfield absolutely dead, but anyway, yes. Yeah. Oh, is he dead? <laughs> well and truly, he died young. <laughs> but... Wait, who am I thinking? Who's the who's the one from recent times? Are you thinking Penn and Teller? <laughs> no, no, no. The fucking magician that he comes to Australia quite often. Um, the amazing Jonathan. No, like it's a name like Copperfield. Fuck, what am I thinking of? Oh, oh, hang on. Sorry. Oh, You're thinking of you Houdini, know what I've done. I was thinking of Houdini, and yeah, I I'm just said like, Copperfield. What, what? What? Copperfield comes to Australia all sorry, the time. Sorry, sorry, David Copperfield, not dead. I was so confused, then. I thought, what? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm very, very sorry. Um, what do you think would be a better bodyguard? Someone who you know could hold their own. Or someone who's just big and imposing. Um, hold their own, because like I want someone that knows how to clear clear a, lo- a room and sweep windows and all that sort of stuff, and know that I'm safe. Because you could be as imposing as hell. That's not going to stop a dude with a rifle across the street. Yeah, I don't think anyone's uh, able to stop a guy with a rifle across the street, though. No, but you could stop the guy from getting in the window if you're quite good at what you do. What about Brad Pitt's character from um, What's Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, 100%. What's it Cliff. called? Cliff, yeah. Cliff Booth. He gets, yeah. he gets shit done. Yeah, he certainly does. And he's not scared of anybody. No. No, that's because he can't be hurt. He's invincible. <laughs> Alrighty. So one more question from the mailbag, shall we? Yes, please. Alrighty. Adam Nelson says, which star made you the most starstruck that you've ever been? Um, hmm. It's actually a very good question. Um, Most starstruck. I felt a bit starstruck just walking into the Simpsons studios. Yeah. Okay. Just not 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 starstruck. Just a little bit overwhelmed. I thought. Oh, wait I was going to say, is that more like awestruck? Yeah. Yeah. More overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, starstruck. I think I. I'm not sure if I've told you this, but I met Tony Lockett when I was a teenager, and AFL uh, football like, for those playing at home. Yeah. Um. A game. Oh, sorry, not games record holder. Goals record holder for the game. Um just came to the supermarket where I was working and I asked him to sign my hat. Um, but kind of went to water so much that I actually told him that I was a massive Sydney fan and always had been. Um, <laughs> could not be further from the truth. But it just, the words fell out. And in that moment, I believed them. Um, <laughs> I believed. Yeah. He converted uh, you for that one moment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Aside from that, I've kind of, any of the other celebrities that I've met I've sort of met in in older life where I'm not like you know I've been lucky enough through doing this that we've been able to interview a few people so it doesn't really I I don't get that moment of freaking out anymore about it it's like it's just a thing of oh yep that's cool they're a person I'm a person I'll have a chat um let's say that one of the ones that I was most excited to meet was Tim Friedman from the Whitlams Um, okay yep that was yeah that was very cool I used to get nervous quite a bit leading up to an interview on the phone with somebody. Okay. And then I would start talking to them and just forget about it. But it was sort of like mm. thinking, 
I'm about to talk to this person. This is pretty fucking cool. So, um, yeah, I'd never get it. I don't get nervous about talking to them, but it's more of like a general, ah, oh, shit, I hope this goes well. Like, But that could be the same with any conversation. Like if um, the other Friday I sat down, oh, I had to catch up with some mates from work, including one who, like two of us were getting there a lot earlier, and I hadn't really hung out with this guy outside of a few conversations over five, ten minutes in the tea room. And then I was walking to that going, hang on a second. It's just going to be me and him for like an hour and a half before the other people get here. Jeez, I hope I can make conversation for that long. Like, <laughs> that's kind of the same feeling that I get before doing an interview. It's just that thing of like, oh, God, I hope there's no silences. I remember when Ash, boss at work, was giving me a lift up to one of the supernovas that we were working at. And I was mm. like, oh, shit, similar thing. It's me in the car with the guy. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, just, I've only just met him. <laughs> I don't know anything about the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And... Well, He's the boss. And he's my boss. Yeah. Um, uh, I went to the uh, Geelong Collingwood, um, was it semi-final, whatever final it was that Geelong Collingwood played with my boss. And it was much the same deal. I was like, oh God, like my dad's a Collingwood fan. She's a Geelong fan. I don't really care, but I'm like, I hope it's a close game. Otherwise, either way, I'm going to be in an awkward position. Footy brings out the best in people, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, right. actually, that was a moment of like, just please don't embarrass me to my father. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for your questions, patrons. If you want to contribute, like I said, patreon.com slash discount. Thank you so much for sending in your questions this week. Mitch, let's get into the review, shall we? Yes. The original air date of Mad to the Mob was 20th of December, 1998, almost Christmas time. And the mm. chalk gag was, the president did it is not an excuse. Was this around the time oh. of Bill Clinton? Um... 98? No, he did 96, didn't he? No, no, he got so, voted in 96. When did he get done for the... Scandal? No, he, got, he was he was in earlier than 96. Oh, but that, his second term was 96, wasn't it? Second term was 96. Yeah, I reckon around 98 is probably about when the when the Lewinsky scandal happened. I'm just... Clinton, um, Bill Clinton's scandal. Uh, sexual relationship took place from 95, 97 and came to light in 98. So, yeah, hmm. I'd say that would be the reference. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and the couch gag was the family gets crushed into a cube. Obviously, they've been left out there for 20 minutes. Yeah. Episode kicks off with the family watching the $1,000 movie, just a B-grade version of Titanic, which I thought was... Which, which I would watch. <laughs> so, Roger Corman's Titanic. Did you, did you recognize that name, Roger Corman? No, I didn't. Not by name, no. Gotcha. So, Roger Corman was um, kind of the head of a production company that did a lot of sort of like, you know, the Swamp Thing and the Creature Black Lagoon okay. style horror movies. Um, but there's a lot of, like, Scorsese came up through him and a, a number of others. There's a lot of directors who um, kind of credit their formative years to Roger Corman because he would just give them a chance and they learned how to make movies quick and for fuck all money um, and then, you know, went on to great things. So, he's good? So, he didn't make good movies, but he was good for the industry. He was a good platform. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Which, he, means, he just which means he's good. Let, <laughs> he basically let directors do whatever they wanted to do as long as they brought it in on budget and on yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what you want in a boss. Yeah. Trust. Trust from your boss. If you ever a boss, people, yeah. trust your employees to get the shit done. Yeah, that helps. Um, yes, but then they get interrupted by an ad. Or not an ad, a message. Very good play and on it, words there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For Baimon Sci-Fi Con. 
People of Earth, we have traveled all the way from space to attend the most astrotastic event in the entire universe. Oh, you said it, Phil. It's the bi-monthly Springfield Sci-Fi Convention. That's right. It's Bi-Mon Sci-Fi Con. Come meet all your favorite stars. Mark Hamill. Elf. And many more. Plus, tag team robot wrestling. It's the mighty robots of Battlestar Galactica versus the gay robots of Star Wars. Stop! Please save me, R2! Oh, you stupid little tramp! You're so boring! I hate you! Oh, oh, oh! Remember, it's Bimon SciPyCon! Be there and be square. This is very much a convention, by the way. So they, they always pump all their money into like one or two big guests. So I was like, Mark Hamill, Alf, and yeah, others. Was, and others. That was what I was going to say that I found really funny. When we went up to do the interview with Maggie Roswell and I was looking through the names, I was like, uh, I think like one person here I recognize. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Lou, I'm pretty sure I saw Lou Diamond Phillips on a poster, but Lou Diamond Phillips wasn't actually a guest. So like they might sneak in a couple red herrings as well. It's <laughs> just, just. Surprise guess. But this is where we I mentioned this last week. We get the really super awkward gay robots reference. Yeah, like it's done quickly, but what do I feel like this is a real thing with Mike Scully episodes? I think it's season season nine onwards, it's become really evident that how there must have yeah, there must have been someone in the, like I, I mean look, the the late nineties was a time where you would just describe things you didn't like as being gay, but But that's not what they yeah, were refer- referencing here. No, no. Like yeah, there's there's just a lot of of these sorts of lines that have not aged well. Yeah, f- fruity gets thrown around quite a lot. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, I wouldn't say it tarnishes Keep the it, show. It's just it's remember, just, yeah. remember again. This is around the time that the movie In and Out was made. Like, do you know? I've never actually it, watched that. I've, I remember seeing the poster. I just never bothered watching it. Any good? I've never seen it either. I've only seen the the trailers. Let's okay. have um. Oops, hang on. I've searched for it and it's come up with In and Out Burger. In Out Burger, yeah. Um, In and Out movie, which was 1997. Look, it's 72% on Rotten, to Tomato- oh, on Rotten Tomatoes. What is um, it? How much percent? 72%. Okay, directed it's by not Frank too bad. Oz. Look, Kevin Klein, he's funny. But look, I've only seen the trailer, but the entire premise for the movie is a man is outed as being gay who wasn't out and tries to spend the rest of his time denying that because the idea that he is gay ruins his career. Um, huh. The tagline, out and out fun. Out and out fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a gay um, guy who didn't want to come out, but someone else outed him. So, now he has life to be is sweet. Life is sweet for high school English teacher and sports coach Howard Brackett. He's still living where he grew up, has a good relationship with his father and mother, uh, oh, Wilford Brimley is his father. I like Wilford Brimley. He's respected by his community. He's about to marry Emily, the, his fiancée of three years. Fearing she was about to become an old maid, Emily has shed 75 pounds for the upcoming nuptials. But first, the entire... Oh, Jesus, this is a long fucking... Anyway, the entire town of Greenleaf, uh, Greenleaf settles in to watch the Academy Awards telecast where a former star of his wins and in his acceptance speech signals out Howard and announces that he's gay. Everyone in the town is thunderstruck, including Howard himself. The media descend on the town. The media descend on the town because a teacher is named as being gay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my. Um, the principal, shaken by the news, is toying with firing Howard. The beleaguered for, for teacher being tries gay? To, 
Yeah, the beleaguered teacher tries to convince everyone uh, that he's a straight and as macho as the next guy. Um, yeah, that's that's the premise of the movie. So, so in that, like in in the context of time, a simple sentence of those gay robots from Star Wars is not as offensive as some of the other shit that was flying around. This needs to be a segment. Things that you can't believe were things only a decade ago. <laughs> oh, no, that's just 20 years ago. Fuck, that's so long ago now. Yeah, but then that's going to get into some real murky... Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's not potentially do that. get into murky territory. <laughs> like, anyway. You know, farming out Nigerian children to white British families. And, oh, wait, that still happens. Homer and Bart agreed to go to the convention. They dragged the family along with them. They arrive, all the nerds say hi to Lisa... Um, and then we get Neil Armstrong. Now, this was actually voiced by Neil Armstrong. Oh, was it really? Yeah, pretty good line. People, people, this man has actually been in outer space. Ha, nobody cares. This is one small step towards firing your ass. Yeah, I didn't think that would actually be him saying that. That's pretty nah, sweet. I guess Mark Hamill sort of stole the thunder. Like, everyone saw this as the one with Mark Hamill, but you forget that fucking the man that's walked on the move for the first time yeah. is in this episode. The one with Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Mind you, Armstrong never went to Elder Baron, so... Then we get... Another thing that made me a little bit awkward was a pedophile gag from Dr. Smith. Yeah. Like... Like, what is happening? Is he a pedophile? No. (laughs) No. So, what the hell? What is going on with The Simpsons in this episode? Yeah, that's... uh, What what is happening? Simpsons season 10, I'm I'm sorry. Something's happening. (laughs) (laughs) The times, they are (laughs) a-changing. I'm just going to Google. I hope this doesn't get me in trouble. Dr. Smith pedophile, just to see if he's been done. Because he may uh, have been done. No, no, he hasn't been. So, Rumors? no, I, I, I'm surprised. I mean, he was always like a creepy character, but you can't come out and do this kind of stuff, surely. I wouldn't have thought. Um, I could. We could be wrong. Maybe we're oblivious. Maybe there was rumors going around. I don't know. But I do not want to throw that guy under the bus because I'm sure it feels. It feels like the sort of thing that I'd be suing for. Oh, mate! If I was, a, if I, if I had a pedophilia gag at my expense, I'd be fucking straight yeah. to the courtroom. Yeah, like this isn't a Michael Jackson scenario of like you know it's it's confessed that he's sleeping in bed in bed with children. Like that that becomes comedy fair game. You you can't be making pedophile jokes just because someone is old. No, <laughs> no, and he hangs out with a robot. No, oh, yeah, and, and like again, it's not a Family Guy scenario. Like this is a real someone. Yeah, <laughs> like, this, this this isn't the this is the Simpsons. <laughs> like yeah, the Simpsons don't usually do this kind of stuff unless there's some something to it. But anyway, comic book guy then meets the girl of his dreams, but because he won't comb the shit out of his beard. He doesn't go with her. Don't try to change me, baby. No. Uh, Quimby then introduces Mark Hamill. Normally, May Quimby would introduce him as someone from Star Trek or something. Yeah, he'd screw this up. And I wonder if that was just done out of reverence to Mark Hamill. I I think so, yeah. Because uh, well, they've already gone to that well too many times. I mean, they've done it with Leonard Nimoy. It'd be weird just to do yeah. the exact same joke again, yeah. And it was pretty cool. Like they, they really nailed the whole convention vibe here. Like He comes out. With a light, fake lightsaber knocking over cardboard standees. <laughs> one, of, yeah. one of them, Wonder Including Woman. Including one of Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, Wonder Woman was brilliant. Hey, thanks, everybody. You know, I'm here today as Luke Skywalker, but I'm also here to talk about Sprint. 
As you can see, you stand to save up to 17 cents a month over the more dependable providers. I talk about Star Wars! Yeah! <laughs> you stupid nerds! He's trying to save you money on long distance! Star Wars, huh? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever dreamed of being in that movie? Well, you're in luck, because we're going to act out a scene, and I'll need a volunteer to play Obi-Wan. Kenobi? Mark, 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 pick me. My whole life has been leading to this moment. I like hell it has. If anybody's going to play Obi, it's me. All right, step away, you foolish amateurs. Just keep back. Keep out of it. The role is mine, with the acting and the groupies and the Luke, Luke, save me, with the lightsaber and the wing, wing, wing. That's not how you ring. We're doomed. Doomed. Oh God! Can't this town go one day without a riot? Guards are then watching the clouds outside. So oh, quick, I was gonna say, quick shit. Yeah, like, um, quick shout to the guards. Yeah. There, is there anything fluffier than a cloud? If there is, I don't want to know about it. Meanwhile, inside, Quimby's getting oh, attacked. Oh, my God. Sorry, I just remembered who needs to be my bodyguard. It's Gibbs from... Um, well, Gibbs from NCIS, but uh, whatever the fuck his name was in the West Wing, he um, he plays the head of the Secret Service for a little while, and then he's assigned to protect CJ. And, ah, oh, heartbreaking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have not watched the West Wing yet. That's the next thing on our agenda once we finish Billions. But I'm yeah, going to okay. get there. I'm really looking forward to it. At least the first four seasons, you tell me, right? Watch the first four and then, you know, then you can really stop. Okay. <laughs> like, diehards will say it still continues to be good. I just can't get over the fact that... Um, spoilers, don't, just don't spoil it. No, 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 it's not spoilers. It's just that one, So Aaron Sorkin leaves and yeah. then it just feels like it's a, a, a carbon copy of what you've been watching before. Like, it's the... It's... It's like watching a cover band from that point. Like the music's the same and the you know, everything's kind of happening the same way, but something about it just doesn't feel right. It's Guns N' Roses with just Axel Rose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, that's a good or, way or, or Queen without Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Quimby then throws Hamill under the bus, just pushes him out into the crowd. I, I did like here that Homer wanted to help. I kind of find it odd though that Homer knows who Mark Hamill is. I don't think he wanted to help. He just wanted to beat up nerds. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he did scream nerds. <laughs> nerds! <laughs> Get out of there! <laughs> Mr. Hamill, Mr. Mayor, come on! Who are you? Homer Simpson, nerdbuster, and I'm getting you out of here. I can't, Homer. I twisted my ankle. You guys go on without me. Never! Follow me. How was I supposed to know it's not a real spaceship? Dad, over here! Oh my god, someone has to go back in for Maggie. Forget Maggie, she's gone. I've got Maggie. Wow, that was close. Well, thanks a lot, Homer. Well, it's... Hey, I thought you twisted your ankle. Oh, yeah. Well, see, the thing about that is... I love um, the way Mark Hamill was just sitting there like a little girl in his arms. I love how he gets caught out and just bails. I love the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, about that. Oh, Mark Hamill is so great. Uh, Quimby then fires his guards for not looking out for him and then hires Homer instead. Why is a guard having his generals hooked up to a car battery? Uh, tortured for... Torture to get info? Yeah, info, Does yeah. that happen to bodyguards? 
uh, wouldn't if you were in the mob and you had access to somebody's bodyguard and you wanted info, wouldn't you do that? Uh, I suppose. Like someone's genitals is like the ultimate thing. Yeah. Like, if there's, if there's I, oh. one thing you don't want damage is your genitals. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yep. No, I read some disturbing things about someone's genitals today. Um, oh, don't 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 repeat them. Can't divulge, but let's just say you know when you um overcook a sausage and you you maybe haven't put the pinpricks in to allow the 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 fat to leak out and the casing. Oh, uh, stop! All right, bodyguard <laughs> training course. <laughs> that's 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 my favorite noise you've ever made. So, so, I, I like crossing my legs at the same time. <laughs> they, uh, this is just your classic like montage of someone trained to become some sort of random job. So Homer's trained to be your bodyguard. Just mm. shenanigans galore. They've got the berating like room. It. Screaming. Not to Mohammed, even during Ramadan. <laughs> Dropping Giffy 20, and that's when he finally screams no properly. Better. Yeah. <laughs> and I did love this. You guys aren't ready to be bodyguards, but your checks have all cleared, so you're all great. Checks have cleared, so congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that actually made me think a lot of the construction industry. And, it made um, me think a lot about the you know, footy, like, footy um, security. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Any of those sort of, sort of rent-a-cop type jobs. <laughs> um, yeah. No qualifications required, really. Anyone can pass. At least you get to walk around with an earpiece, though. Yeah. Going for a gun license where where they're like literally helping you fill in the answer sheets. Nothing beats. So, people who don't watch AFL wouldn't know this happened. Check it out. YouTube security guard AFL fight. Mm. What what, what can they Google to get this? Or YouTube. When the security guard tried to stop two players from fighting on the field. Oh, uh, I don't know because footage of that was relatively minimal. Yeah, so the AFL hired these extra security guards because fights were breaking out. But then, In this the guy, but then these two players sort of got into a little tussle right near the boundary line and the security guard just thinks he can just walk out onto the field and fucking stop them. Yeah, yeah, that was um, uh, overreach, I think is what that comes under. He would he, he would have been ended if they had got their hands on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, and... But not only that, his job would have been ended if he'd got his hands on them. Oh, 100%, yeah. Clear. Oh, for Pete's sake. The pig is in the poke. You know, I really don't care for that code name. Look out, March! Cut! I know you're excited about starting a new job, but could you just relax for now? Hold it, what's your clearance? We just want to get a snack. Access denied. Bidet. Homer, I don't want you using your new sleeper hold on the children. They'll be fine in half an hour. That's not the point. And another thing, I asked you to take out the garbage three days ago, and you still haven't... Hmm, still half an hour till dinner. Oh, well. Yeah, uh... Homer's basically learnt this new skill of putting people to sleep. The only thing about him him here whilst it's funny putting himself to sleep is he's put Marge to sleep which means dinner won't be ready in half an hour because the person cooking it's going to sleep yeah unless it was in the oven and she'll be able to wake up in time to just carve yeah, it possibly possibly it's possible um, yeah. it's a funny visual though just people yeah. talking wanted to put him to sleep bang done then we get the the honking at the broad it's a real honour to be guarding your body sir Josh remember you represent the office of the mayor so always comport yourself in a manner befitting. Quick, honk at that broad. <laughs> Good work, Simpson. I couldn't be happier with the way that went. He takes the mayor to Moe's 
And this is where he starts to realize that everyone is paying him bribes. Well, he doesn't realize, but you know, he's getting all this extra money. The family tell him that he's taking bribes. And after Moe's, we went to Krusty Burger and the mayor got some more change. And I ordered a double-double, but they gave me the double-double-double-double. And then Apu gave the mayor lots of change for... Dad, don't you see what's going on? That change was a bribe. Oh, honey, don't be so naive. That's how the world works. Sure, the mayor takes a few bribes, but he also makes the trains run on time. No, he doesn't. Trains are regulated by the Federal Department of Transportation. And recent studies have shown that, uh... Homer! That is one of my favourite Lisa rants. Um, or, like, the beginnings of. <laughs> just, no, it's the, just like the, the Federal Department of Transportation. <laughs> uh, quickly shuts her up, puts her to sleep. Then we're at the mob bar, and he's taking bribes once again. Homer finds the rats getting built for the school kids. This always bothered me. Like, it's just disgusting. <laughs> The, the, the visual um, of yeah. rats getting milked was always just like, ugh, that's just, it's just gross. Uh, yeah. Um, Would you drink rat's milk if you knew it was rat's milk? Well, rat milk is high in protein, 8%, contains almost, f- ooh, contains almost four times the fat by volume when compared to cow's milk. So it would make a great brie and stand as a rich addition to a cup of coffee in the morning. This is from modernfarmer.com. There's an article from The Guardian in 2007. Go green at a coffee shop. Just ask for a skinny decaf ratte. Okay, look, if I had the choice between rat's milk and that blue shit that Mark Hamill's drinking in the last Star Wars, I'll go rat's milk. (laughs) Uh, Homer goes to the school, realizes all the kids are drinking milk. He's mortified. Goes to uh, abuse the mayor and accidentally um, shoots him out the window by turning up the speed in his treadmill. Good cut to commercial. You think he's killed the mayor. We come back. Homer thinks he's dead. <laughs> Help me. My God, his cops is climbing the building. His cops is climbing the building. <laughs> yeah. uh, tells Krumby to, you know, gives him the ultimatum. You need, I will save, you, save your life, uh, but you have to make sure the mobsters stop giving the kids rat's milk. And here, Quimby, sleazebag. I'm looking into the restroom, the intern's restroom. I mean, it fits his character. Mm. But um, yeah, lots of uh, mm. sleaziness and yeah. At least um, looking into the restroom, you see that the uh the sleeve when he gets slapped is of a fully dressed woman. Yes. So the pants could be down. The, uh, well, I'm assuming she's at the like you know at she's the tap. Yes. Washing up. Yeah. 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 So. Like, yes, absolutely sleazy, but at least that didn't feel super icky. I don't, I, yeah, it's just... Okay, I guess the character of the mayor has always just been an absolute slimeball. Yeah, exactly right. Although, some redeeming qualities in this episode when he does decide to spend some time with his wife. <laughs> that was great delivery. Please, gumbars. We're shutting you down, you filthy Italians. Ah, oh, right, right. Filthy Italian Americans. Gentlemen, if you would simply consult my dear friend Mayor Quimby, I am confident this can be. Not this time, Fat Tony. The mayor's office is not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> can you uh, edit out the laughs? Homer then taunts Fat Tony, and you know, Homer, if there's one thing you shouldn't be doing, it's taunting Fat Tony. Hmm. 
Um, they they it's exaggerated how much they tear the place up and they go they burst in they find the rats. Homer's pretending he's not worried, but he really is worried because he wants Bart to go turn the car on because he's taken Mick Quimby out for the night, but he doesn't want to go out for the night because what's he going to do instead? Uh, what was he going to go? A out quiet with evening with the wife. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had a complete complete blank as I was I was scanning ahead to some emails that I'll be reading a little bit later on. Anyway. Uh, so he takes him to Guys and Dolls and we get the intro here to the Yes Man. I'm pretty sure it's the first time we've ever seen him. Is it the first time? Yeah, interesting. I can't recall. Let's just make sure. For I was wondering if the Yes Man was in like... A department store of some kind? Uh, I was thinking like a re- revolving restaurant or something like that. So Yes Guy... Episode appearances, Mad to the Mob, first one. Yes, first time. Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. I was thinking of someone else then. Yeah. So, and, and um, it goes to show. one of those characters who, one of those later, like later introduced characters who has mainstayed, like he's really still quite popular, even though he doesn't really do yeah. much. Yeah, I was going to say, it sort of goes to show as well that, like, in my head, I, I just figured he'd been around for a long time. Like, he yeah. just sort of becomes memorable. I guess. In the same way that a radio jingle becomes memorable in this case, because it's just fucking annoying and it's hard to get out of your head. So as we said, taking the guys and dolls. Yes, man is taken to their table. Homer sees Fat Tony's over there, and he, he's got a message for Mayor Quimby. It's the kiss of death. The weird thing about this is Homer says, "Maybe I didn't do it right," and then tries to go again. Like if he didn't do it right, then good, but leave it at that. Yeah, I guess he didn't understand the word death. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, but Homer thinks his food is poisoned. It was great. He keeps eating it once he realizes it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it must be in the steak. You know what I also enjoyed was just how much Mayor Quimby was about to, like he was looking forward to eating the food. You know when you mm. get, like when you've, you've been waiting for a meal and it arrives at the table, you look down and you're like, I can't wait to eat this food. You don't say it, yep. but in your mind you're like, I can't wait to smudge on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, with that moment quiet moment of anticipation that makes it all the much better when you actually start to eat do you ever see the waiter coming with your food or the waitress and then when they arrive pretend like you didn't know it was coming um oh cool oh thanks no 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 i I feel like like if you don't act for the benefit of others i feel like if you make eye contact with the waitress then it's just awkward like you you, no i just just sort of politely give me give me me. (laughs) While she's walking over. <laughs> uh, then Mark Hamill returns, but he's very out of place here, isn't he? Like, like uh, Mark yeah. Hamill doesn't belong doing this. Maybe swinging the light, swinging the lightsaber around like it's an umbrella. Guys and dolls, we're just a bunch of crazy guys and dolls. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I want the mayor dead. I want his wife dead. I want his cat and his dog dead. Wait, 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 wait. Who's before the cat? <sighs> Just killed the mayor. You're not mad at me, are you? Luke, be a Jedi tonight. Just be a Jedi tonight. Do it for Yoda while we serve our guests a soda. Uh, and do it for Chewie and the Ewoks. And all the other puppets. Luke, be a Jedi tonight. But I guess in 1998, I guess this is what Mark Hamill was doing. Not 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 low no, low budget of... plays, but he wasn't like everywhere. The the the, oh. the boom of the convention circuit in the last say ten to fifteen years has given people like Mark Hamill a complete new lease on life. I'm sh- yeah, but Mark Hamill was still working and working well enough that I'm sure he wasn't doing 
local district theatre restaurant. Oh, no, 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 no. That's what I mean. He wasn't doing this level stuff, but he no. wouldn't... He would have. Would he still have been just known as Luke Skywalker, though? Even yeah, though, because pu- the public, his, yes, because his Joker work was just voice acting, you know. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I think that's why um, he found such a good niche with voice acting because he could, he could be completely uh, removed from the fact that he has Luke Skywalker's face and yeah, can yeah. just let the work speak for itself. It's probably the only, only real way that he was going to have an ongoing career, um, because the thing about young Mark Hamill, like, I mean, he was super early in his life and in his acting career that he got that role. He wasn't an overly good actor. So, he, unlike a Harrison Ford who could go and play a million different roles and get by on Harrison Ford charisma, um, Mark Hamill was only ever going to come across as Luke Skywalker in the early years. A really good quote from Carrie Fisher. Every mm. time I look in the mirror, I've got to pay George Lucas 10 bucks. I was gonna say every time I look in the mirror, I have to wipe the cocaine stains off it so I can see my oh, reflection. Don't say that about poor Carrie. <laughs> Carrie would say that about herself. Yes, yeah, she would. <laughs> so Fat Tony basically orders Quimby's death, and is it, it's Louis, isn't it? Not legs. It's Louis. Um, uh, get, yeah, it was Louis. Gets pushed on stage, does a little dance. Actually, quite talented. And then he breaks yeah. to a fight with Hamill. That tap dance routine actually reminded me of something that Daffy Duck would pull out on the spot. Yeah, a very like a very Looney Tunes esque thing. You're right. Yeah, I yeah. Think any any of the villain Looney Tunes could have done that. You calling Daffy Duck a villain? I guess he's not the villain, but he's, he's the bad. He's, he's not the a villain. He's the bad guy in the like. He's not the he's bad not guy, but he's he's the mean guy. You know what I mean? Like he's the he's the foil. Like he's never the one you're rooting for. Yeah, well, you are sometimes if it's a Daffy Duck related film, like in Daffy Duck's Fantastic Island. See, I can't. All I can remember is just him being a dick to Bugs Bunny. Yeah, normally that was how it worked, but like it did, definitely could go two ways. But he was probably the anti-hero, even if he was a hero. Yeah, yeah, 100% um, was an anti-hero, yeah. Straighten this up for me. Was Darkwing Duck and Daffy Duck two different people, or was Darkwing Duck and Daffy Duck alter ego? Oh, no, no, completely different, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, did, yeah, okay. Darkwing Duck was just a made-up whole new series, yeah. Mm. Good series, what, too. Uh, Let's get dangerous. What about Count Duckula? Count Duckula... Was, Are they at least related? They could possibly be related. I think they're two different production companies. I'm pretty sure that Count Duckula was a British show. Uh, okay, yeah, that would actually make sense. Yeah. But um, Count Duckula, not a great show. show. Yeah, 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 really, really good. Possibly the first vegetarian on television, it, um, particularly in animation. Yeah, yeah, some chance. Like open, openly self-aware vegetarian. What did he but, eat? Like tomato sauce instead of blood or something? Um, yeah, I think it was ketchup instead of blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or was it just vegetable juice? Uh, maybe it was that. I don't know. Anyway, let's get back on track. So, uh, Louis fights Hamill, uh, fight breaks out, tries to kill Homer, and we get... This is the iconic moment from the episode, isn't it? Use the... F- use the for The forks? The forks? I remember them spoiling that in the trailer, like in the commercial for the episode. I was like, ah. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's that's that's, that's 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 sort of the only Star Wars he quote in it though. So I guess you got to use that to hook in the Star Wars fans. Yeah, they could have just had him waving a white sli- uh, lightsaber around and not that's true. quote. Could have, yeah. Uh, Fat Tony, that Tony <laughs> hook into Star Wars fans. All you need to do is say Mark Hamill's in the episode. You don't even yeah. need to show him. Just you put are... up a, a title <laughs> card that says <laughs> yeah. and guest star Mark Hamill. That is true. The episode would have had 54 million people watch it. Easiest payday Mark Hamill ever made. Fuck that movie. Um, 
And you think Homer saved the day. Turns around and Fat Donnie's just beating the shit out of the fucking man with a bat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that, a was, good um, twist. that was a little bit untouchable. So there's a couple of moments in here that go a bit untouchable. So also his line about, you know, I want him dead. I want his wife dead. I, like all that sort of stuff is um, a play on uh, Robert De Niro's very famous speech from that movie. Yeah. And then just, just kill the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Homer and Hamill then have a little chat post show. I did like how Hamill's outfit here. It's a very post-show outfit. Just sleeves rolled up, casual. Yeah. Still yep. a bit sweaty. <laughs> just, yeah, hanging outside the back, waiting to give autographs. Yeah. Um, doesn't want to give any autographs, so, so Homer carries him out whilst I Will Always Love You is playing over the top. It's yeah, yeah. A, a really funny episode. It's If you're a fan of Star Wars, you're going to enjoy this. It's not full-fledged Star Wars like parody, but Mark Hamill, as always, is just great in what he, in what he does. Um, yeah, he is. And I do think it's a pretty fantastic ending with, like, it's just a great use of I Will Always Love You. Um, the fact that it was set up sort of with the reference earlier, but then, you know, it, it brings it full circle and that's, um, yeah, quite a good ending. Like, who would have thought that, you know, the episode starring Mark Hamill would end with uh, Homer carrying him out through a crowd with Whitney Houston playing over the top? <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have pitched it in the first meeting. <laughs> <laughs> no. What do we learn, Palmer? All right, Mitch, what'd you learn from this episode? Uh, I learned that um, Mark Hamill is not overly heavy, and that um, potato gratin uh, or potato gratin is best eaten while flying through the air. Whilst what? Flying through the air. Oh yeah, I, I just like that it's a quality side. But so you reckon it would? Do you reckon next time you come here, maybe or I'll go to your place, you cook it, I'll fling it across the room, you catch yes. it with a Superman dive, and tell me yep. if it tastes better. Tell me if it tell you if it tastes better. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal is here. Ooh. Mailbag time. What have we got? David White. Hey guys, huge fan. Writing in from New York City. Worked at the Opera House in Sydney in the Arts Centre in Melbourne for four months a year ago and listening to your show combines my favourite show with remembering the amazing time and friends that I made while down there. Um, cool, Dave. That's awesome. My question is, given the rather unceremonious firing of Elf Clawson last season, what's your favourite music moment, not original songs, but score in the history of the show? His is the accompaniment to Marge singing You Are My Sunshine when Lisa is uh, listening to Marge's tapes while yeah. at military school Lisa in the Secret War yeah. of Lisa Simpson. Mm. Yeah, that was really, really great. If you're going for emotional beats, the the ending of Mother Simpson is pretty awesome. The ending of Mother Simpson, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, music playing over the credits nice is pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, I, I always love like when they when there's uh, like uh, scores that are made just for the episode. For example, I've always really enjoyed the... Uh, when Marge is the cop, what's that called again? Springfield um, Connection. Springfield Connection, I, yeah. I've always loved the score to that episode. I think it's great. Yep. Uh, I was going to say, the, um, presumably it's Elf that does the work with some of the movie parodies. So if you go back to like their Indiana Jones parody, mm. which yep. I don't remember if they specifically played the Indiana Jones theme, but it was certainly close enough to it to kind of get that reference across and get the vibe across. Cape um, Fear. Yeah, yeah, Cape Fear would be another one that had great score through it. I think whenever whenever they try to do something that's a slight bit of horror or a slight bit of drama, that's where it really shines because he helps completely nail the changed vibe of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
without ever changing the overall feeling of the show. Like, it still feels like it exists within the Simpsons world, but it feels completely different. And the music is so much a part of that. 100%. I also think the the music playing at the end of, is it Lisa's first word? When Maggie speaks for the first time and says, Daddy, and the music, just the, the yeah. peaceful little lullaby music that's playing over the top of her, closing her eyes and going to sleep, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um... Jason Clear writes in, uh, this is this was actually brought up in the uh, Patreon page as well. On a recent show, Dando mentioned that they revealed the location of Springfield in the movie and he wanted to ask, what are you referring to? Um, uh, if you're talking about when Ned points out that the four states bordering Springfield are Ohio, Nevada, Maine and Kentucky, the joke is that those states aren't anywhere near each other. Am I a bad fan and miss something else? Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I, I think actually now I think about it, I'm pretty sure that when... When the movie came out, I think there was just like a competition, and all the Springfields entered to see who would be the Springfield that, and they just they just picked one. I can't remember which one yeah. it was though. But I'm, yeah, pretty sure, awesome. I'm pretty sure, like when the movie came, it was when the movie came out, they decided which Springfield it was. But it wasn't like a definite thing; it was just like a competition or something. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but yeah, it was, now, it was something to do when the movie came out. So someone else in the page had answered that as well. That okay. I think Matt Graining himself, as part of the promotion of the show, had mentioned it. Um, so that that could have been tied in with the thing. So yeah, and, and the reason I read that out is because I'm sure there would have been a few others going. You guys are fools <laughs> uh, for for Blithering more than idiots. the usual for more than the usual reasons. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't in the movie, but it was around the time of the movie. Yep, yep. Um, which means that no, you're not a bad fan, and and yeah, we know enough about American geography that that wasn't what we were thinking of. Um. You know what? Grace Gibbons, I'll give a little shout out to. Uh, just want to say a huge thank you for the Halloween trivia last night. It was an absolute riot. My friends and I had so much fun. It was also great to meet you both. Sorry to Mitch if I freaked you out during the co- uh, costume competition. It was the most effort I'd ever put into a competition, uh, into a costume and I wanted to win so bad. Was this Elise um, Gibbons, you say, or Grace? Grace, Grace Gibbons. Grace, Grace was dressed as the alien version of Maggie from Treehouse of Horror with tentacles and all that sort of thing. Oh, how great um, was it? Yeah, it wasn't that bit that was uh, freaky. It was the the stone cold look in her eye of like, you are going to award me first prize, or I'm going <laughs> to fuck you up. <laughs> and that uh, that was upstairs too. I didn't get to see that. Did she win? Yeah. Uh, yes, I gave her a prize because I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's gonna. But yeah, no, uh, she was part of the upstairs group. So that's awesome. Thank you very much for writing in, Grace. And I'm glad that you guys had a fun time up there. Um, it's uh, it's very cool. I should also give shout outs to um a few others that we met at the trivia night that I t- promised I'd give shout outs to on the podcast. So yeah, I've got shout outs to Elise. Now I remember Elise was dressed as the donut Homer. Yeah, that was pretty great. How fucking great oh, was that? So it was tasty. really like the the amount of effort that went into that donut head. Check it out if you haven't already. Go onto the uh the Facebook page and check it out. Also shout outs to uh to Joe David as well. And now I'm not sure if it's her partner or not, but. Grace came with a guy called Darcy Moore. Now, Darcy... Mm. So, so, the tickets came through as Darcy Moore and I thought, are we going to have the Collingwood football team here with us today? <laughs> <laughs> but he reckons he gets that all the time. But what would you do if you know, football players from an opposition team came to our trivia nights and were hardcore Simpsons fans? Would, uh, they, would, they, would, would they win you over with that, with that team? Yeah, it'd be pretty... Look, I'd be, I'd be all for that. Good on them. Like, I'm not going to, by any means... Just because they play for another team, it's not like I'm going to be like, ah, the hell with you. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I was happy to take a photo with the guy just because he looked like Gary Ablett, so that's enough <laughs> for me. 
<laughs> Darcy Moore, by the way, was dressed as Moo Moo Homer. Oh, was he dressed as Moo Moo Homer? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so th- cool. there were some killer costumes upstairs as well as downstairs. Thank you so much to everybody that got dressed up. It just makes the night so much more enjoyable. I promise next time we'll have more pups to give away because I didn't. Ex- Last time, like usually at trivia nights, we don't have that many people dressed up, and this time there was just heaps. I was like, oh, these four prizes are pretty mediocre. <laughs> Yeah, they were absolutely everywhere. Um, so, yeah, good good on them. I guess the fact that it was Halloween helped. Yeah, that definitely did help, yeah. But anyway, um, um, more ex- questions? Excuse me for a second. The dogs are going nuts, and I'm wondering if someone's at the front door. Ah. Um, Is it the Candleman? I don't know. Oh, no, here we go. Someone's come in through the garage. Um, uh, I'm just going to shut the door. One sec. And I'm back. We've got one more question for the mailbag? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, okay, so from Kenny Gad. Uh, hey, Mission Dando, thanks for all the podcasts and making me reminisce about watching shows as a kid on BBC too. My favourite of the new episodes is that 90s show where Homer is a parody of wow. Kurt Cobain. My question to you is, which other famous person would you like to see being parried, parodied in a future episode? Um, so I guess not so much like who would you like to see as a guest star, but who would you like to see one of the characters kind of performing as or doing a take of? Um, let's, get, let's get away from music then. So, we've got Kirk Cobain, so that's music. Um, yeah. yeah, and obviously um, Freddie Mercury, which either just recently happened or is yeah. happening. Or, yep. Elton John's been done. Um, I'd like to see Lisa as um, Jackie Kennedy or Jackie Onassis, so like JFK's. Um, well, hasn't there been, like, isn't the, the president wore pearls or something, something similar where she sort of... She becomes the president of the school or something, and she's um, so she's not she's not Jackie Kennedy per se, but she's like a po- she's a political figure. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's a, a different that's a story. But yeah, yeah, no, I was just more thinking having her like in, yeah, 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 yeah. Similarly, you could maybe have Marge do a take on um, Margaret Thatcher if you were going to stay in the world of politics. What about like superheroes? So, I mean, Bart's obviously done the Bartman, which is like a take on Batman. Could we be, have... Who would be Iron Man in the Simpsons universe? Um, Got to be wisecracking and intelligent. Uh, yeah, no one really fits. Because nah. <laughs> um, if you're intelligent um, in the Simpsons universe, you're a dork. You could have Professor Frank do a take on Ant-Man. Like, not so much how it... um, Like, more Hank Pym than Scott Lang. How about we get more expansion on uh, Frink as Sinatra when he takes that fucking medicine that time? Or that oh, tonic. when he takes the tonic. Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah, just just show us more of that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Homer Simpson as um, Chris Farley. <laughs> Chris Farley, yeah. See, the thing is, I don't really know much about Chris Farley. I know he was this iconic comedic figure, but I guess he just died when I was too young that I never really went back and checked out his back catalogue. Yeah, and I guess most of his stuff was on SNL which we didn't get. So, uh, it was difficult for a lot of those guys in that era to really see the work that made them beloved figures. Um, it's amazing to think so, he was the original yeah. voice of Shrek. Oh, was he going to be before Mike died? Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. before Mike stepped in. Yeah. Yeah, they, origi- they think they recorded like 60 to 70% of the of the dialogue. Yeah, it's all on oh. YouTube. You can listen to it. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah, wow. It's just weird, yeah. Anyway, um, thank you for your questions this week, uh, guys. Mailbag of fourfigurediscount.com.au. Still got plenty more to get yep. through. Thank you to There's everyone a few who's... People, um, a couple people have sent in takeaway menus. Oh, really? On... Get, get, read a couple out then to end the show. 
No, no, no. We'll save it for next week because I just there's only two, and I'll give a few more people some time to get some in. Alrighty. Send um, in your thank favorite you, takeaway menus. Yeah. Thank you to Stacey and Neil for sending those through. Um, and there's a, there's there's a couple that have a couple good ones that have come in, including an interesting, um, an interesting one about political topics in the show and that sort of stuff uh, that's come through that I'll look forward to dedicating a bit of time to next week. Cool. Sounds good. Also, no, also going to be talking about next week? Um, Viva Ned Flanders. Ah, yes. The white wine spritzer. White wine spritzer. Yeah. Might have to might have to bring one out just as a um, yeah, just to make it what's the word? <laughs> to, make it, to make it fit in with the episode. Yeah. I always love the end where they're walking away and it's like do I have to be probed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, man, uh, so next week, yeah, Viva Ned Flanders. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Thank you to all your patience for your support. Love each and every one of you. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions for the mailbag. You've heard the call and sent in plenty of stuff for us, so we've got plenty of content for the next few weeks at least. Thank you so much. But Mitch, for now, any final words for our lovely listeners? The pickle has left the jar. <laughs> I don't know. You're the pickle. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>